Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. I think we ought to magnify the King of Kings and Lord of Lords in this building. He is worthy of the praise. He's worthy of the glory. He's worthy of the honor. These young people have led us into the presence of God. Worthy is your name. Come on. Let's magnify him with the lifting of our voices. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending. Hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. Amen, amen. We, uh, you can return to your seats. So thankful for what the Lord is doing and has done. Amen. We, uh, we have been in a couple weeks of prayer. God has just been doing amazing things in this prayer revival. We've baptized almost every day this week. I think we ought to glorify God for that. The Bible says all of heaven rejoices over one. Amen. We've seen miracles this week. The touch of God, the hand of the Lord that has settled upon so many. We've had people touch. The prayer revival has been powerful. Last night at the end, it turned into a glorification moment, almost like an old uh, testimony service. And God just began to move and touch people in this building. I do want to say, before I move any further, that last Sunday night during prayer, we have prayer tonight again at 7. We're going to pray all the way this week, every night at 7. And I realize that Sunday nights are at 6 and, and uh, when we have our first Sunday um, service. And next Sunday it will be at 6 with Brother Mark Morgan. You do not want to miss next week. He's a, a man, operates in the prophetic of God and has spoke so many things. I look back where he was with us about four years ago and the things he prophesied have started coming to pass now. Amen. The timing of God. I want to be a part of that consuming fire that is here right now. Come on. There's no turning back in this. The devil's days are over. We are the victorious people. Come on. God's going to burn out cancer, burn out sin, burn out confusion. God has sent the angels of the Lord. Somebody shout glory. He's going to be with us next week at 6. And uh, we're so very, very thankful for him coming and 11 a.m. next week. But tonight's prayer at 7. Last week, Sunday night at 7 o'clock, we were just praying and God began to move in this room. The power of God felt so strong. And uh, Sister Tammy Gladman, would you stand? Been a member of this church for about 30 years. And uh, I don't know how it is. She's still, she's still 21. Amen. And uh, we love the Gladman family. She's been praying for her mother who's so sweet, so kind. And I want her mother to stand. Sister Millie, would you stand? God filled her with the Holy Ghost. She was baptized last Sunday night. We're so thankful. Greater things are yet to come. Greater things are still to be done. He's a prayer answering God. I say to somebody else that's been praying some prayers, God's not finished yet. Amen. You hold on to the answer. We serve a God that has an unchanging hand. Woo! Somebody shout glory. Look at your neighbor and say, smile. God's been good. Be seated a moment. I do feel like, I do feel like to say to everybody, Easter Sunday is April the 9th. 
that we're going to have a 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. because we can't hold the crowd in one. And so we're going to have mirrored services. So please go ahead and start inviting your guests. Uh, there will be a flyer with that here, here soon. So you can, you'll see it begin to be promoted. But we're going to have a great Easter at the Anchor again this year. So you want to start inviting people to that, your family. And uh, next Sunday at 2 o'clock uh, on the 5th, March the 5th, we are launching our Spanish church. Amen. Uh, Brother, Brother Dylan's going to be, Woodward is going to be our lead with that. And so there will be flyers, I believe, tomorrow night at prayer that you can start getting. One of our neighboring pastors called me said, I heard you're starting a Spanish work in Zanesville. I said, yes. He said, please get us the flyers. He said, we're going to start passing them out for you. And we're so glad we've been praying that God's going to do that. That's unity. Amen. We've never been poised for a greater touch of God. Amen. What the Lord is doing. And this past week has been very special because uh, we've been in youth revival. And I haven't got to be in the sessions, but I've heard all about them because I've got three kids in that. And, uh, um, and so, but Sister Kendra, amen, Lex has been here working so hard and praying. She's a prayerful lady of God. We're so thankful for her. And uh, she, I know the young people love her. We want her to come and greet you today. Would you stand in honor of a lady? Amen. We're so glad of her prayer and her ministry and the impact she's making on the kingdom of God. We love you, Sister Kendra, very much. We want you to greet us. Oh, aren't we glad to have her in Zanesville? It is so good to be here. You may be seated. I will not take long at all. I just wanted to tell you uh, personally that this church is in very good hands. And... I try to, you can clap, that's okay. If your students are any indication of the future, this church is in good hands. Now, I don't say that to every church that I go to because I don't like making a habit of lying. Um, but but I, can, I can confidently say in, in the fear of the Lord that your church is in very, very good hands. I give honor, high, high honor to your pastor, his wife, his family, and Pastor Cody and Sister Lauren, who are not only just incredible leaders, but they're incredible friends, too. Whenever they're not in this building, they're wonderful people. You have fantastic students, and there are a lot of things that the Lord has shown me about what's happening in Zanesville. Um, and we, we can hear about that maybe later. I, I, I'm selfishly excited to hear this man of God preach because don't tell him this, but whenever I'm away um, from my church, I do listen to my church on our podcast, but there's two men of God that I listen to the most, and it's Pastor Aaron Bounds and it's Brother Mark Morgan. So you might see me next week. Uh, just slip in the back, maybe, but if I were you, I wouldn't miss next week. And I'm excited about what God's doing here and what he'll be doing at prayer tonight. But thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for investing in your kids and in your students. You have a phenomenal group that are very spirit-led. I've been a lot of places, and I have never been to a place where they have prayed until they feel a release to start. And wow, wow, that is, that's a sign that the spirit is leading this place and not just a man-made endeavor. And I thank God for that. As we, as we just get ready to hear the word, can you just lift your hands and open your heart and say, Father, whatever, whatever you have to reveal to us, whatever you want to reveal to us today, God, that I've never heard in the scripture before. Father, I pray an anointing over our pastor. 
God, I pray that you would speak through him and your spirit would be strong through him and that our hearts would be open to whatever that he would say. In the name of Jesus, amen. Of Matthew chapter 24. Excuse me, chapter 27. One of the young people took my notes. Amen. I might get out of here in seven minutes. I don't know. I, Matthew chapter 27, and, uh, um, Praise God, I don't have notes today. That's not uncommon. I don't want to make it sound like a new thing. But I have studied, prepared my heart for the Lord. And uh, thank you, Brother Andrew. Jesus was hung between two thieves. Now we need... Oh, my goodness. I'm just teasing, Brother Andrew. He's collected them from, I think, the media booth. But uh, we're so honored to have you. So there is a love of God that is in this building. We feel his love. We feel his presence. We really do. And we're so thankful for what the Lord is doing. You know, when he said, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, which is, which was, and which is to come. What he's saying, I'm covering it all. I'm always going to be here. I'll never leave you nor forsake you, but I will be with you even until the end. What he was at the beginning, he's going to be the same at the end. He said, I'm the Lord and I change not. How many know he's the same yesterday, today, and forever? I wish somebody would look at your neighbor and say, it's going to be all right. Your mistake is not greater than his blood. Tell somebody next to you, your mistake is not greater than his mercy. Your failure is not greater than his love that continues in your life. I'm telling you, tell somebody, God's not finished with you yet. Amen. Amen. I feel a boldness of the Lord. Praise God. Prayer tonight at 7. Sister Lex is going to be leading us and uh, at that prayer. We're going to go into that tomorrow night where the Cody Marks is going to be with us. Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday for prayer. We're not having a band. We're just going to start praying, let the Lord move, and get God begin to speak to us. I'm telling you, there is something special happening. Go to prayer. Come to prayer. I'm not going to call you if you don't come, because I don't want you here if you don't want to be here. But if you feel to come, I want you to come. God's praying. I mean, God's moving up on us to do more than we've ever done before. How many believe that? And so look at your neighbor and say, there's prayer tonight and for the rest of the week. Somebody say, come with me to prayer. All right. Can I say before I get started, thank you for praying for Sawyer. Uh, He had surgery on Friday. He slept all night last night. And he didn't have pain from Friday at 3 this morning. Might be dealing with a little bit of it, but it's almost like Brother Melik's surgery that he had. And they had prayed no pain, and he's been thankful for that. Thank you for praying for my son. Amen. He's doing well. Matthew 27 and verse 45. It says, Now from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land. Y'all got that? Matthew 27 and 45. 
there was darkness. Everybody say darkness. Over all the land until the ninth hour. And the way the clock ran during that time, it started at six. So the sixth hour was noon. It ran from, it was darkness from noon until three, the ninth hour, or 3 p.m. From noon till three. About the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice and said, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? I understand reading this, that when darkness comes, it's always followed by a feeling of being forsaken. Why is there darkness all around me? Forsaken is next. Some of them that stood there when they heard that said, This man calleth for Elias, meaning the prophet Elijah. And straightway one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar, put it on a reed and gave it to gave him to drink. And the rest said, Let be, let us see whether Elias or Elijah the prophet will come to save him. Jesus, when he had cried, again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost or died. Everybody say, Jesus died. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. The earth did quake and the rocks rent. And the graves were open and many bodies of the saints which slept arose came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. Now when the centurion and they that were with him watching Jesus saw the earthquake and those things that were done, they feared greatly, saying, Truly, this was the Son of God. Amen. I believe he was truly the Son of God. How many believe that Jesus was the Son of God? Would everybody shout amen? It's going to be simple. That's what I felt in prayer to preach to you today. It's just simply, when Jesus died. When Jesus died. Something happened when Jesus died. Amen. Would you just open your hearts again? I know we were prayed. Say, Lord, I'm asking you to speak to me, my family, and our situation. We have worshipped you in song and giving. Now, Lord, we're going to worship you in word. In Jesus' name, we pray. And everybody says, Amen. You may be seated. It is the crowning moment of all of the time of humanity. As a matter of fact, the moment I speak about now divides B.C. from A.D. From the creation all the way to now, there was a dividing point that separated time. Have the Old Testament, even to the New Testament. Every atheist, every agnostic, every unbeliever, every false believer has to live by the fact that there was something that happened at Calvary that they set their clocks to, their dates to, and they don't even realize the significance of it. But we who have gathered on this Sunday morning, we know what happened on that day change a man everything that can happen in an individual's life and it's called Calvary somebody shout Calvary 
Oh yeah, they took him before a judgment seat and for a moment I will tell you something that happened just before he died. They, they falsely accused him and called him a blasphemer because he said he was the son of God. They accused him of other things that he did not do and when they pulled him out of the garden of Gethsemane where he had prayed for you and prayed for me, prayed with such intensity that the Bible says his, his sweat became as great drops of blood. In that garden was one of the 12 that showed up with an army of centurion soldiers that walked into there. And when they got to the garden, he kissed him on the cheek and betrayed him before those he had walked with for over three years. When he kissed him on the cheek, Judas Iscariot by name, followed by a soldier that grabbed Jesus and began to pull him out of the garden as if he was a thief, a robber, a wine-bibber, uh, a person that would cause insurrection or division against government, they treat him as if he was some guilty man. Drug him out of there and judged him falsely. And When he could have been released on this particular day, they released everything Jesus was being accused of. A man by the name of Barabbas that was a murderer and he was a thief and he was, he was a leader of division and they let this man go that was, that was seemed to be a noble man because on this day, once a year, somebody could be pardoned from their failures. But yet not Jesus, the one that stood there that with all innocence, and I don't care what some people try to say about him, he was perfect in all of his ways. Every thought, amen, every, every temptation, he lived in holiness and righteousness. I stand before you to say that there has never been another and will never be another like Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He's holy without flaw, without blemish. Aren't you glad instead of you dying, he said, I'll take the pain and the suffering, the mistakes of every sinner that's ever lived or ever will live. Somebody say he's perfect. You may be seated. I, I have today to stand here and agree, agree with Pilate's wife that when he was standing for Pilate to be judged, she sent word to him and said, have nothing to do with this just man. Pilate turns to him and says, what do you say for yourself? But he stayed silently as Isaiah said he would stay silently when he sat there dumb as a lamb. He could have spoken at that moment. He could have obliterated the entire planet because even the wind and the sea would obey him. He could have just said, it's over, I'm done with them, the way they treat me, the way they handle me. But he was looking beyond the present at the judgment seat. He was looking beyond the mess that he was in and the pain he was about to go through because he could see beyond the false accusations and he could see beyond the cross of the nails piercing of his hands and feet. He could look beyond the pain of the brow that was about to be in his head and don't think for a minute he didn't know what he was about to go through because in the garden he said, if this cup can pass, from me then let it pass but nevertheless not as I will but thy will be done he knew there was a price that was about to be paid and instead of stepping away from it he leaned right into it because he realized there's something that happens when he dies and there's something that cannot happen unless he dies Isaiah said in Isaiah 53 let me read it to you today Isaiah chapter, 
chapter 53. It, it is a very, uh, it shows a dynamic picture of who he is and what he was. Isaiah 53 and one says, who hath believed our report? The prophet says, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he, for he, speaking of Jesus, everybody shout, Jesus shall grow up. He's gonna grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. When we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. What it's talking about is that the cross is a very ugly. The cross is a very brutal. No one's gonna look at the cross and wanna follow that. It's a mess. It's bleeding. It's ripped apart. It's got, it's got head problems. There's thorns in there. It's got hand issues. It's got feet issues. It's, it's bound. The cross was not attractive. Some came and when they would walk by him, the, the gospels record, recorded when they saw him, they would wag their head. Walking away, wagging their head. I know children when they came, they would have to cover their eyes because the gruesome view of the cross. We, we see pictorial views of the cross as if Jesus is there with no lacerations. His, his skin is intact. It's almost, if they're not careful, they would portray Jesus on the cross smiling, but he wasn't smiling. He was in agony. It was, it was one of the worst things that you could ever imagine was what happened at the cross. And when Jesus was standing there at the judgment and they said, let Barabbas go, and Pilate said, what do you want me to do with him? I feel like asking this congregation today on a Sunday morning is what do you want to do with him? What do you want to do with this Jesus that's right here in this building right now? Because everybody at some moment has to make a choice what they're going to do with Jesus. What are you going to do with this gospel? What are you going to do with this story? You have a choice. I can preach it to you, but I can't make you choose him. I can tell you about him, but I can't make you choose repentance. You have to choose this day. You have to choose. You have to choose. You've got to choose what you're going to do with Jesus. Did you hear me preaching? You have to choose. What are you going to do with Christ? What are you going to do with the Son of God? And he said to the audience that day, what would you have me to do with him? And they said with anger and bitter, bitter, bitter verbiage in response, crucify him. Crucify him. You know why they called crucify him? Because he didn't line up with their lifestyle. He didn't line up with their way of thinking. He didn't line up with the way they wanted things to go. They wanted to control the way they wanted it, even though they were religious people. And I feel a word here today. You better be careful what you believe that doesn't line up with the book. Because when Jesus shows up, you got to be willing to throw everything you think is right and get a hold of what he says is right. You can't just do it. I don't care what your family tradition is. I don't care what your family religion was. When you have been offered Jesus, you've got to make a choice. Either go with him or set it aside. You know what I say today? I choose Jesus. I choose the Son of God. I choose him in my family. I choose him in my marriage. Somebody shout glory. glory. 
choosing Jesus and he stood that day and Isaiah says he had no comeliness and when we shall see him there's no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and even rejected of men. They despised him but not one person could tell us today something he ever did wrong but he was hated. They call him a, a, a a, a glutton and a wine-bibber. They, they, they had their snarled terms as Jews in that day and there was a Samaritan people that if you wanted to really throw off on somebody, you didn't want to dog them, tear them down, you just say, thou Samaritan. They looked at him and said, thou Samaritan. They, 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 they somehow despised the, the Son of God and, and rejected of men. Though the only thing that he did, can I preach just a few minutes here? The only thing he ever did was love the only thing he ever did was heal. The only thing he ever did was set free. Come on. The only thing he ever did was take that was, was withered and make it whole again. That was which was dead and rise it again. He wiped the tears away from people's eyes at funeral services. Died, just grieving over a lost brother. But he walked into the, to the, to the past the funeral and to the grave and said, Lazarus, come forth. And he comes out. And yet still men only honored the miracle instead of the miracle worker. You know why? Because what separates people from him is not belief that he can. It's my willingness to go where he wants me to go and to change the life that I'm living. Can I say to you, there's more to Jesus than him healing your body and fixing your marriage, taking care of your finances, lifting your sad head. He can do, he wants more than that. I thought of something today. I thought of something today when you were teaching it was so powerful. But, but, but I, I, I thought while you, you were teaching about the word and the power of the word, he, he wants to do more. He wants to do more than just save us. Well, I just, some people only live day to day to just not mess up. They're not living right. They're just not failing. Some people aren't going to heaven. They're just not going to hell. I hope he doesn't send me to hell. He doesn't want to send you to hell. I feel there's something happening right now in my heart. I'm talking about what God's going to do in this church. He's going to bring you from this not failing to I'm free. Come on, he's gonna take you out of, we're just trying to stay married. We're just trying to not get divorced. Oh no, we've never been happier than before. We've never been more blessed in our relationship. You hear what I'm preaching? Jesus is going to heal old offenses and old wounds and jealous spirits and envy. He's going to burn it out of you if you'll let him. He wants you to thrive. But we've got to accept him for who he is. He doesn't just come with a miracle. He comes with the change of who you are. Hell would love to destroy everybody in this building, but Jesus wants to set you free. Do you realize the devil would love to Bind every one of you in something. Give you a prison without walls. I'm not in jail. Yeah, you are. You don't trust anybody. Hard to love anybody. How to believe anybody. How to move forward. You feel like you are bound in something. You, you, it's not that you can't move. You can just move so far. That's not the will of God. I said it's not the will of God. I'm talking about you're going to feel Free. Free. I once was lost in sin. Let's let the young people sing it. And I heard one of them say, and then a little light from heaven. He bathed my heart in love. 
He wrote my name above. Then just a little talk with Jesus made me whole. I'm not talking about just getting by. I'm talking about being set free. Hold on a minute. I, I feel today he was despised and rejected of men. He was a man of sorrows and Jesus was acquainted with grief. We hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. I want you to close your eyes for a moment. I want you to think about everything you've grieved about. I want you to think about everything for a moment that caused you to have sorrow in your life. He bore them upon his own spirit. The Bible says he was sorrowful and very heavy. Sorrowful and very heavy. Lift your head and listen. And we did esteem him not. Oh, excuse me. Yet we did esteem him stricken smitten of God and what? But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes, somebody shout, we are. Not we might be. Not we could be. We are. Some of you are talking about what he can and not talking about what he will. Second, some of you believe he can, but you don't think he will for you. He will for them. He can. I'm telling you, somebody's got to get up and step into that word and say, I am healed. I am healed of this depression. I am healed of this addiction. I am healed of this fear. I am healed of this bitterness. Come on, on the count of three, I want you to shout, I am healed. One, two, three. I am healed. Not will be. Going to be, could be, I am who he says I am. I am healed. Somebody shout, we are healed. Praise God. And watch what it says. And, and, and all we like sheep have gone astray. Now that, that's not talking about Jesus. That's talking about you. Look at your neighbor and say, you know you haven't always been good. Encourage them, say you're looking good. But you haven't always had it this good. Right? Are you, are you with me? All we, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. If you're watching online right now, you listen to this preacher. He's not done with you either. You think you're not good enough to get to the house of God. You think you're not good enough to get on your knees and pray. You're just hoping one day. I'm going to tell you, today is the day of salvation. Now is the acceptable time. God's got a plan for you like he had for me and my wife and my children. He's got greater things for you. He's not only going to save you. He's going to save those in your family. Oh, he's going to save those in your friend's circle. He's going to do a work. Come on, if you believe he's going to do a work, shout Amen. It says, and the Lord hath laid on him who the Son of God, the iniquity of us all. That means all eight billion on the world right now. All the billions that's ever existed. The iniquity of everything, every sin, every sorrow, every grief, every abuse, every way of thinking, every chaotic moment. How many's had a, ever got a phone call or a conversation that was shocking news? 
I was on the phone with the mother one time, and her, her daughter had been in the wreck. She didn't know the condition of her daughter. And um, I was on the phone with her, praying with her. Her name is Mary. I was on the phone praying with Mary, and I heard Mary say, Oh, God, no, oh, God, no, oh, God, no. The policeman was coming down her sidewalk to give her the news that her daughter had died. And I was on the phone with her while she was grieving. That grief was on him. Because if we're not careful, we'll allow the circumstance of a moment to lock us up for the rest of our life. And life is not easy. And life, and you look over and you made a mistake and you, you sinned and you look back over your life and you think that, that, that what my decision has damaged me and the heart aches and begins to go empty and you feel the, the fear of what's going to happen because of your mistake and the grief and the sorrowfulness that's there and you look over and say I, I, if I could I would go back and do it over I, you, you got to realize the cross wasn't just Jesus hanging on with intact skin and, and just hanging there it, 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 these, these depictions of the cross are, are, are really not really what happened when he was, when he was there he knew what he was going to be going through at that judgment seat. Let me go back there for a minute. He knew. He said, what do you have to say for yourself? He remained silent. So they did the process. They, they took him out and whipped him. Whipped him with 39 stripes. Blood splashing over everybody. Blood sprinkling the crowd of spectators. I, I don't know how people could just get any glory out of watching something like that. It was a brutal day. Blood is splashing everybody. And he's so weak he'd fall and they bring him up. And they, 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 they give him a cross to go up Golgotha's hill and there was a blood trail. My, my, my father cut his finger. The, a bow went off and cut his finger. My, when he went to the my mom calls me. And she said, Aaron, don't panic. You know, she called me one time, don't panic. Your dad just cut his fingers off with a table saw. And on another situation. And, uh, you know, Mom, don't panic. How can you say don't panic? <laughs> my brother went there. There was blood all in the room. When he was in a tree stand and hurt his hand, my blood, brother went up and said, you could, you could track my dad from his tree, tree house all the way to the house, blood dripping. But we don't depict that. And what you got to understand, that Calvary represents what you're going through. A bloody mess. Chaotic confusion and division. Grief and pain and suffering. Life, Job says, man's days are full of trouble. And I feel depression coming in the room right now. Why in his innocence did he go through all of that? And when he said, when they said crucify him, he knew it was coming. They jerked him out and beat him with 39 stripes. He is, he's dehydrated, he's weak, he's lost so much blood, he's going up the hill, they nail him to the cross, and he's hanging in agony. The wind blowing on those nerves that are exposed, the pain. He wasn't up there just hanging like you picture. God saw you in your fear, and he saw you in your panic. He saw you. The Bible says he endured the cross. Hebrews 12, for the joy that was set before him. How can you have joy looking at the cross? Because he wasn't looking at the cross. He was looking beyond the cross. 
Could I preach to you just for a few more minutes? And so here it is. All the princes of the world are rejoicing. The Bible says the princes, they begin to rejoice. Leaders and satanic spirits, they were thinking, we have killed the Son of God. And when he hangs on the cross and he says, Eli, Eli, Lama Sabachthani, and his head falls. At that moment, the scriptures tells us that there had been darkness. He's been, he has been hanging there for six hours from the ninth hour till now. He was hanging on the cross for six hours and at noon, halfway between, the Bible says that the sun was hid in the sky. Everybody look up. Somebody turn the lights up. Everybody look up. Turn the stage lights off. All of a sudden, Calvary is in a place of darkness because when the Son of God was dying, he understood darkness always comes to people's lives. And he's hanging there not just being the son of God, but represent, representing everybody that will become a son of God. Everybody that's ever had a sin in their life that brought darkness of circumstances. Everybody that's ever had a loss because the wages of sin is death and death from Adam even till now is gonna deal with grief and sorrow. And even in this room, you're grieving the death of a loved one. You're grieving the death of a choice, a death of a situation maybe in your family and you've wondered, how am I ever gonna get out of the darkness? He knew he was gonna take it on. He knew that he was going to go through it. He knew it was going to be pain and agony and suffering. But can I say to you in a simple message he went through it so you could come out of it. That's what he did. You don't have to remain in darkness. He's going to turn on the light in your situation. Your day is not over. I said your day is not over. The light is going to shine again. Come on, clap your hands and shout hallelujah. The same one that said, let there be light. And there was light. John 1 says, nothing was made by, without him was not anything made that was made. Somebody shout, the light is about to shine in my world. Glory to God. And darkness came. Everybody say, darkness came on him. You can be seated. The next thing that came was he was forsaken. He was dying of thirst. Something in him, hear me tonight, or in this service, when he became forsaken, darkness was in his world. He got thirsty. Something in him began to long for something that would quench his thirst. That's why people turn to alcohol and marijuana and pain pills, fentanyl and extra relationship because darkness come to their world followed by feeling forsaken by people that should have loved them. All of a sudden there's an emptiness that they're trying to fulfill but you hear me anytime you get thirsty because of darkness the enemy's going to try to give you something that's going to hurt you instead of help you. 
he took the vinegar. It would have been shocking like needles in his mouth. It would have been painful what he would have consumed in the moment. And after this, the Bible says he yielded up the ghost. May I remind you, he didn't have to die if he didn't want to. He could still be walking in his perfect flesh. But he realized before you could ever come out of your darkness, before you could ever come out of your state of being forsaken, he had to go ahead and die so you could live. He had to go ahead and take every mistake you're going to come on, make. He was going to take it to a garden. He was going to take it to a tomb with him. I want you to elbow your neighbor if you can't see him. Say, God's about to turn this thing around. Come on, tell your neighbor, our family's had some darkness. Our family's had some struggles. But God's about to pull us up out of the pit of despair. He's about to pull this city up out of despair. He's about to pull some backslider out of despair. I come to tell you, it's not over. It's not over. It's not over. It's not over. Somebody shout, it's not over. Everybody jump to your feet and shout, it's not over. I feel like telling everybody in the building, it's not over. It looks real bad right now. Blood is dripping and running down off of his elbows. It's running down his back and dripping off the end of his toes. Looks like a constant faucet leak on each foot. It is dripping from his body. Agony, but when he died... He was alone because sin will always leave you alone. It'll separate you from everything that's ever been for you, by you, near you, and loved you. There was a man by the name of Joseph of Arimathea. This is what happened after he died. Because when he died, something took place immediately. People are grieving, but when he died, rocks rent. Hardened things broke open. Did you hear me? Hardened hearts are going to break open. Circumstances that are impossible are going to break open. Somebody say amen. The Bible says when he died, the veil was ripped from the top to the bottom. When he died, access was given for you to glory of God. From your situation to the presence of God. Everybody shout, when Jesus died. When Jesus died, died, the earth began to shake. I'm going to tell somebody right now. You want your world to be turned around? You can kneel at the cross of Jesus and he's going to start shaking that which can be shaken and moving things that can be moved and breaking open things that can be healed and fixed. Come on, I'm telling somebody right now, you don't have to die in your sins. You don't have to die in your grief. You don't have to die in your turmoil. He's about to. Joseph of Arimathea. Come here, come here, come here, Colton. Everybody said darkness had been on the land. Now it's evening time. Can I just have a few more minutes? Darkness, and the Bible says a a man, a man by the Joseph of Arimathea. Come here, lean over my shoulder. Better do this shoulder. 
He came and picked him up off of the cross. And Pilate said, you mean he's already dead? He went and called for a soldier, said, have you seen him? And the soldier came back and said, yep, he's dead. And he took him on Friday. Somebody shout Friday evening. And he took him that night and he buried him. He buried him. Lay down. In a, in a dark tomb. But can I tell you right now, he wasn't there all by himself. Listen, he took every sin that had ever been committed. He took every sin that was going to be committed. He took the grief of everybody from the Old Testament and he took the grief of everybody in the Testaments to come and the time to come. He had 2023 in mind on a Sunday morning at 12.06. He said, I'm going to take the sin, the grief, the mess, the sorrow everybody's ever been through and I'm going to put it in the tomb. Somebody shout, put it in the tomb. When Jesus died, they buried him in a dark tomb. The next day was a Sabbath. Nothing's going on. People are talking about Jesus dying. He's in the tomb. People might have made their trip back and forth. But when the first day of the week came, everybody say Sunday. At the breaking of the dawn, the women that were spectators that had spices ready to go see his body, when they got there and they looked into the tomb, he was not there. But there were angels there that said, why are you seeking the living among the dead? He got up out of there, but he didn't get, come on. He, when he came out, what he took in the tomb, he did not bring out. The linen was there. The sin was there. The grief was there. The pain, I come to tell you, God's going to say, you free from every fear, every anxiety, every issue, every mistake, every addiction. Come on, if you believe it, I want you to shout amen. amen. Can I say to this building today, turn the lights on, light is coming to your world. There shall be light in the evening time. God's not done with where you're at. He's bringing you out. Somebody shout, God is going to bring me out. He died, but he wasn't dead very long. You might feel like you're on the urge of losing your mind, but it's about over because all you got to do is do what he said in Romans 6. Romans 6 and 1, and I come to a close. Look at your neighbor and say, when Jesus died, hard things broke open. The thing that separated me from, me from God ripped from the top to the bottom. Nobody said it. You need to say it. Look at your neighbor and say, what separated me from God was ripped from the top to the bottom. Here's what the Lord dealt with me this morning. When he got up, the Bible says at his resurrection, 500 dead saints got out of the grave. Things that were dormant, asleep, and buried. Get up and start walking around. Here's what's going to happen in your life. Callings, miracles, promises, and prophecies are going to get up in your world. You're going to turn around and it's going to come to pass. There's going to be a family member living for God. There's going to be... Hallelujah. 
Lord is here right now. Romans 6 makes it, Paul is preaching the gospel. And he says, what shall we say then? Verse 1, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Everybody say, God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us, as we're baptized into Jesus Christ, we're baptized into his death. How do we die, preacher? Throw that slide back up here. we got to go to the cross and say, Lord, I'm sorry for every mistake I've ever made. Forgive me of my sins. What do you do with dead people? We don't sprinkle here because that's not in the Bible. I've never been to a cemetery where we sprinkle dirt over a body. We always dug a hole and put them down in it. You bury dead things. You repent at the cross. But we were buried with him by baptism into death. Look at the next verse. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. When you get baptized, you come out of the water in newness of life. You know what that means? Everything that he buried is now removed from your life. I've seen people come out of baptismal waters with no cancer. I have. Cancer leave. Sins leave. Addiction's gone. I saw a young man this week. He's here today. When he came out, fear was gone from him. Everything the devil tried to put on him was removed because the blood is always greater than the problem. Raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father. Everybody say newness of life. The next verse. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Not only did he die, back on the slide, he died, he was buried, he was resurrected. God's not only going to let you repent of your sins and die out to what you've been through. Acts 2.38, repent, be back. What shall we do? Repent and be baptized who every one of you I didn't write it but every one of you how in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you everybody take your hand and put it over your heart and say God has promised me a resurrection I'm coming out of the sorrow if you got pain you need healing you got sorrow something you've gone through you've got grief something you've lost maybe even sin something you've committed decision come all over this building right now i want you to come the lord is going to heal forgive set free deliver all over the building i wouldn't wait another day that's it come on all the way around the altar stand around the altar with pastor Look at your neighbor and say, you know you need to go to. The power of God is going to bring deliverance to your situation. Don't say, well, I've tried before. God's delivering power is in this room.
Hallelujah. We're going to pray together. And God's just going to show up in this building and start touching you. Do you believe He did that all for you? How many's ever dealt with sorrow? Darkness. There's people in here that's in here is dealing with darkness around you. Grief. Anybody ever made a mistake you wish you'd never made? Today it's going to be gone. Do you know I got rebaptized when I was 23 because I was so young. And I called my dad. I said, Can you meet me down at the church? I just feel to be baptized. I got down and my brother was there. I said, What are you doing here? He said, I called dad this morning. I just felt I needed to be rebaptized. Young. The Bible says it gives an answer, answer of a good conscience toward God. And, uh, and I baptized very little. Not that I needed to be, but there was just a moment that I, I needed. There's some of you that need to start again today. Because you say, I've been living this or whatever. And I don't teach for backsliders to get rebaptized. So don't think I'm trying to teach that doctrine. But sometimes you, people question their first experience. But if you're in question, the Bible says go back and do your first works over. Amen. There's a moment that you go back and been away from the Lord. I, I just, what I'm saying is, is you can start over. Pastor, what do I need to do? Repent. And allow Him to pour into your life what only He can pour into your life. I want you to bow your heads, everybody in the building, and I want you to say, God, I'm so sorry. Everybody begin to pray. I'm sorry for the mess I caused, the decisions I made. Come on, there's a visitation of God right now. <laughs> I'm sorry for what I did when I was alone. I'm sorry for what I did when I was thirsty. Was it empty? Darkness was in my world. I felt forsaken by people. I took the wrong drink, the wrong substance. Trying to satisfy something that was empty within me. Come on, all over this building, God, I'm sorry for what I indulged my mind with. During the loneliness at my cross, my pain. Some of you have made mistakes on loneliness you would have never done in companionship. And you feel condemned and grieved because you felt forsaken. The Lord said, I'm going to heal your heart today. In the name of Jesus. God's about to heal brokenness in this room right now. He became broken so He could put you together. When Jesus died, it gave you access to the power and the glory of God. How I many know you can touch Him today with every infirmity and every weakness? Hallelujah. Come on, the hand of God is going to sweep in this room. Would you extend your hand, every hand in the building? I want you to begin to lift. The Spirit of the Lord is going to begin to touch you. Come on, right there it is. <laughs> Come on, that's it. I receive. 
the touch of your spirit. Right now, the Lord is healing. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.